it's time for Sales with Sully. Your host, Scott Sullivan, brings his 30 years of sales and marketing experience to you, the sales professional, addressing your questions from Twitter to help you be better at reaching your goals. This is a weekly show that happens right here on InspiredNewsRadio.com. And now your host, Scott Sullivan. Welcome back to another episode of Sales with Sully. Hi, I'm Scott Sullivan, your host, and every week right here on InspiredNewsRadio.com, we answer your questions from sales professionals just like you from all over the world that we get on Twitter, at Sales with Sully. So if you have a question or something you want to discuss or a topic that you that you would like to have some more insight on, then just go to Twitter, at Sales with Sully, and leave me a message. I answer those every single week, and I try and put some of them on the air right here on inspired news radio and my show that's called sales with sully so last week we were talking about the sales cycle and my question to you was when was the last time that you did a in-depth you know kind of review of your sales cycle and we have a two-part episode that we're calling let's break it down and what does let's break it down mean let's talk about your sales cycle when was the last time you examined it you looked at it see if it needed to be tweaked or refreshed are there parts that can be automated all of those things that go along with that and last week we talked about my mnemonic device that I've had for a long time called the Gipper. G P P I R, the Gipper. And what that is is the five big huge stones inside of a sales cycle. The G stands for generation. So everybody needs to have lead generation. You have to have a prospect even before they know they're a prospect, you have to have one. Then you have to do this first P which is presentation somewhere along the way you've got to give a presentation and there were lots of great examples last week talking about the actual transactional type of pitch man that sells you a Ginsu knife at the state fair and the paperwork could be as simple as hand me a $20 bill and I'll hand you a handwritten receipt and then the second P on that uh, after the, I mean the the first P is presentation and the second P is the paperwork and then we move into the I which is the installation or delivery it could be as simple as hand it across the counter and you collect the cash and then the last is the r for gipper is the red envelope experience now if you missed last week's episode i encourage you to go back and listen to why it's called a red envelope experience we don't have enough time in this particular week on this episode to go back and give you all the details but I would encourage you to listen to last week's episode. You can find it right here on Inspired News Radio. Go to my personalities page, download last week's episode, and find out about the red envelope experience. And when we get down to it today, we'll talk just a few minutes about it. But the red envelope experience is the placeholder that we use for follow-up, customer service, support, whatever the word is that you want to use. And I use it as an R because I need it for my mnemonic device and that is win one for the gipper and if you were here last week you also got a homework assignment your homework assignment was to take your sales cycle and break it down into those five chunks the g for the generation or lead generation the p for the presentation the p for paperwork the i for installation or delivery and the r for the red envelope experience so we're going to take five minutes now on each one of those 
and we're going to talk just slightly. Now, everybody knows what lead generation is, and it could be we could spend a week in a room talking about lead generation and still not cover it all. So here's what we're going to talk about today. Somewhere along the way, a customer or a prospect or a suspect has to find out about your product or service and that it's available, whether that's a cold call from you or your marketing department that's helping you, a commercial that was part of the, the marketing department department somehow some way you as a sales professional are going to need somebody to talk to about your product or service that's where the G comes in that may or may not be in your uh, purview of responsibility you may not be responsible for lead generation you may come in every day just like Glenn Gary Glenn Ross and when you know it's pouring down rain in that famous scene and he says the leads are weak the leads are weak and then Alec Baldwin says it's not the leads that are weak it's the salesperson that's weak <laughs> so somewhere along the way along the way you have to have a lead someone to talk to now a lot of us as sales professionals will find out that you also have to carry your own water sometimes and go out and get your own leads you get to you know do some self-generation as far as lead generation is concerned and go out and grab a few and bring them in and that's going to be a whole nother topic that we'll talk about later in the season right here on sales with sully but right now just suffice to know that you have to have a prospect and that's what the g is for in lead generation so whether your leads are given to you or you are out digging them up yourself or you're working in conjunction with your marketing department, you have to own that process. You have to know what's going on in your lead generation and you need to have input into that. You need to work closely with your marketing department. You need to work closely with your lead generation. Maybe it's inside sales, maybe it's cold calling, but you need to understand that process and it needs to be a valuable part of what you're doing in the sales cycle. Now, you may not be responsible for actually doing the work, but you need to understand it and understand how it's happening because it's going to be, whether or not you believe it, the lifeblood of your success. Because if you're not getting enough leads and you have to go out and generate them yourself, then your sales cycle gets in a circular motion because half the time you're spending generating uh, new prospects and leads and the other half you're generating pr presentations and closes, then you're kind of caught into that cycle where one dips and the other one goes up. If you're out prospecting and trying to find new leads, it's really hard to be closing at the same time. So we as sales professionals have to re be responsible for our actions and we have to work closely with our internal teams and our external teams to make sure that the leads are coming in so we have somebody to talk to. Now we move on to the first P. And the first P, again, is one of those where we could spend a week locked in a room talking about presentation. One of the very famous, one of my famous mentors back years ago used to say, and I quote, a presentation without demonstration is wasted conversation. Well, that is great as long as you're not demonstrating something that, you know, is esoteric and hard to, you know, visualize and you don't have a tangible something in your hand. So try and give a demonstration on, you know, whole whole life insurance or give a demonstration on, you know, subterm life insurance or investment uh, criteria for, you know, the S&P 
500. <laughs> those are so when you start getting into some of those esoteric types of things, sometimes the demonstration uh, results in you have to write it down on a piece of paper and you have to show the customer what the value is, but part the main parts of any presentation are always the, you know, build rapport. Nothing's changed over the years. You still have to build rapport with your client, whether it's, you know, over the phone, whether it's in person, however it is that your presentation is getting made, there still has to be somebody out there has to know, like, and trust you before they're going to give you their hard-earned money in most cases. Now, of course, there's exceptions to every rule, and I'm not going to debate that with you here. That's what Twitter's for. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> So get on at Sales with Sully if you disagree with me and and put out some uh, put out some tweets and we'll we'll start a uh, a conversation out in the open where everybody can see it and learn from it. But that presentation is going to include building some rapport, giving a value proposition, convincing is probably not a, the right word that I'm looking for, but persuading that customer that the value proposition that you offer is better than the competition. You need to exchange energy with that client with that prospect to get him or her to understand that what you're offering has more value than the dollars that it took to earn that they're going to give you for it so here's a perfect example like for instance you know the invention of the the dishwasher so if you could afford a dishwasher would you exchange your hard-earned money for the time that it takes to do the dishes or and 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 buy one and install it so that you then gain that time back you probably would but what if you only used three dishes you know a week what if you're a single guy and you know you ate off a lot of paper plates and and maybe you only dirtied three or four dishes a week maybe in that particular case the the need for the dishwasher isn't there or maybe the value proposition is not strong enough to make you part with your hard-earned money what if again we're back to the same thing it's a balance what if you're you know don't make enough money to where the dishwasher is a very you know high luxury item why aren't we all driving around right now in Teslas you know that are $140,000 a piece or you know $200,000 Mercedes Benzes because that's a uh, even if we can afford it, some of us won't buy it because it's not in our DNA to have that. And then there's some of us that can't afford it because it would we would have to make sacrifices in other places or just flat out can't afford it. So there are things that are outside of our reach and there are things that are part of a presentation that exchange that value for where, for where we are. So that presentation can go on all the way through to the end, which is what we then call the close. And the close is a simple, you know, way that we finally wrap everything up. So we let the customer, you know, we guide the customer through the, the buying decision. And then once the prospect has said, yes, you know, that's exactly what I, I see your point. I know exactly what you're what you're saying. I agree with you. I need one of those in my home. I need one of those in my life, whatever it happens to be. I need that product or service. Then you say, sure. Now all we have to do is simply do a little paperwork. Uh, let me just go ahead and 
fill this out for you, get your receipt for that, and the paperwork is completed. Now the paperwork can be anything from the swiping of a credit card and handing someone a receipt or having them type in their PIN number for electronically, or it could be something like buying a home where it takes a whole day to close and you have to sign your, your name you know, 450 times for a closing for all the paperwork and documentation. Again, it doesn't matter if it's a little or a lot, it's still in some way, shape or form has to get done. They used to say the job's not done until the paperwork is over. So there has to be a second P, which is we got to complete the paperwork. Now, here's where a lot of us start to diverge right here at this point. There's a lot of us that say, okay, Scott, my job's done. I'm a sales professional. I just brought in a purchase order with a check attached to it, and I handed it off to operations, and now it's their job to make sure that it gets installed or delivered in the right color, the right size. I did all the paperwork correct. My job is done. I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to say that as a sales professional, you have just like you have to understand the generation on the G, the lead generation, you have to understand the installation and delivery side. Is it going to go out on Tuesday? What are the expectations of the customer? Did I communicate that information correctly to operations? Is operations communicating directly back with me or are they going to then call the customer? What I don't want to happen now is as we all know, we We've all lost sales or had sales, you know, cancel on us because of, you know, something that's happened after we've already collected their check, after we've done all the paperwork and we've already put their check in the bank and they still, in some cases, we lose the sale. So the last thing in the world I want to happen is a so again, I'm not I'm not making uh, I'm not casting dispersions on the operations or the installation or the delivery team, but I want to know how that process is it works so that I can manage the expectations of my customer better, right? I want my prospect and now my client to understand that you know yes they'll be there on Tuesday and yes they'll be bringing a lift gate and the expectations are that they'll do the installation they'll clean up after themselves they'll pull the card the old cardboard out they'll take the old unit away whatever it happens to be i want to know what that process is so that i can manage that because the last thing in the world i want to happen is for them to show up to deliver or install the product that i've worked so hard to sell and then have the customer say wait 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 no 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 that's not what we agreed on um I was told you would be here on Thursday at three o'clock and you'd have three guys and this would be done in four minutes. And you know, you showed up on a Tuesday with one guy and it's gonna take four hours. Those are the types of things that that we could mitigate and we could protect that sale if we understand it. So the I in installation and delivery is really, really important to understand. You don't have to do it. You may not be the one that's even responsible for it, but you need to understand it because you also need to be the communication the last thing i'm sure you probably want is to have someone in the operations department that has and again no no they have no bad intentions but maybe they have little or no communication experience or sales experience and you don't want them calling up to your client and say uh is this a smith residence yeah well we were supposed to be bringing some stuff out to you today we're not going to be there till next week uh 
Yeah, what, I'm not sure what day. Probably, I don't know. I can't even say for sure. You know, we've been having all kinds of problems over here, and we can't seem to get these things working and, you know, whatever it happens to be. it Then the entire sale spins out of control because we weren't handling the communication properly back with the prospect. So I want to make sure that if there is a problem or an issue or something that needs to be resolved, that me as a sales professional that the operations team calls me and let me handle that with the with the customer by the way i'm the one that has the rapport built with the customer i'm the one that can call up and say hi mr smith how are you doing today by the way how's your daughter's you know sniffly uh sniffle nose sniffly nose because last time i was there you know she wasn't feeling very well how's she doing you know how's molly doing because you know her by her first name or whatever it happens to be I'm the one that built that rapport, so I want to be able to continue that process. So the installation and delivery, although some sales professionals say I've done my job, it's now up to them, I want to make sure I shepherd that sale all the way through to the end. And now the red envelope experience. Everything on the R is all you. It's everything about you as a sales professional. So you've just completed a sale. and. Again, this has to be commensurate with what, how big the sale is. But let's say you just sold, and I don't know, pick something of a, of a let's say $10,000 price range, and you made good margin on it, and you made a good commission on it. And what I say about the red envelope experience is 30 days, 60 days, whatever it happens to be on your sales cycle and how it works, put that back on your calendar. Take the value proposition a case study, a testimonial from another customer, pictures, something to say thank you to the customer and put it in a red envelope, even if it's something as simple as a thank you note, along with a bottle of wine or a, a fruit basket and drop it back off to the Smith's residence and say, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, I just wanna say thank you very much for your business. We really appreciate it. And while I'm here, could I ask you just a couple of simple questions? Did our team show up when they said they would? Did they do what they said we, they would? Did they clean up after themselves? Are you, you know, 100% satisfied with the, the service of both the salesperson and myself, uh, I mean, the salesperson and um, the installation team that you could then recommend to someone to use our company for that same service? And if they can say yes, what's the perfect time to ask for a referral? How about right now? Well, I'm so glad to hear that. You are 100% satisfied. Is there anybody else that you know in your world that comes to mind right now that could use the product or service that we were selling? I would love to give them the same stellar uh, treatment and give them the same experience that you've had. And by the way, here's your red envelope. Thank you very much for, uh, for buying from us or being a part of our team or our family or however you want to say it. So you can see the Gipper, winning one for the Gipper, having an understanding of your sales cycle. So when was the last time that you got in and dug in and said, let's break it down, get your team together, bring the manager of your lead generation team, bring the manager of your installation and delivery team, bring your CEO, bring your CFO, get them all in a room and say, as the sales professional that I am, I wanna go through the sales cycle and I wanna see where we can add value, where we can automate the process, where we can make it happen faster, quicker, better, easier, cheaper, all so that we can all make more money.
Because remember, as the revenue generating arm of this company, I have an obligation to bring in enough revenue to pay for all of those that are non-revenue generating uh, roles. So that warehouse manager is reliant on me to bring in enough revenue to pay his salary. But at the same time, I'm not any more important than him. And let me be very, very, very clear here. Although sales gets to be sort of the rock star out in the front and becomes you know the person out on the front of the stage, they're not more important. Because could I do my job if the installation team didn't do their job? No. What about lead generation? If they didn't give me good quality leads and, and work with me, how am I going to have somebody to talk to? What about all those parts of the presentation that have to be done by analysts or other people within the organization? I just get the privilege of actually doing the presentation. And it really is a privilege. So remember, we're all a team, we're working together. So break down that entire sales process all the way to the end and get people excited within your own organization and look at your sales cycle and then put it on the calendar to do it every single quarter. Make sure that you are looking at every single quarter, looking at all of these parts, the G, the P, the P, the I, and the R. Look at every single aspect of it and maybe you know, do it so that every five months, you know, look at one of those letters, each one a month, and every five months you're going through the entire sales cycle again to make sure there's not opportunities that you've missed to optimize. I got to tell you, I get excited when we talk about breaking it down. So I'm going to step down off my soapbox right now, and I'm going to tell you, thank you very, very much for listening to Sales with Sully every single week. Win one for the Gipper this week. I really would, I really hope you do. I hope you break down your sales cycle all the way to the ground, and you look at all the ways that you can optimize it, automate it, make it more effective, do it faster, quicker, cheaper, all the other things that go along with that. Thank you for listening. I really appreciate all of my loyal listeners out there. I love talking to you on Twitter, at Sales with Sully. It's real simple. Just go to at Sales with Sully. Give me a direct message if we're connected. If not, follow me. I'll follow you back, and we'll be able to direct message on Twitter. You can always find me on inspirednewsradio.com. All the time I'm there. I have two shows every single week that I put out on Inspired News Radio. What a great platform. I love the folks over there. They do such a great job of putting out our shows. So thank you very much for listening. And any way I can be a resource for you, any way that I can take my 30 years of sales and marketing experience and help you be a better sales professional, that's my goal. That's what I want to do every week. So keep selling. Have fun out there. Remember, we've chosen a very noble profession because no matter who makes it, somebody's got to sell it. So thanks for listening. I'll talk to you soon. You've been listening to Sales with Sully on InspiredNewsRadio.com. We take your sales and marketing questions each week on Twitter at Sales with Sully, hashtag INR, and like us on Facebook. On behalf of your host, Scott Sullivan, and the entire Sales with Sully team, thanks for listening, and see you next week.